Hello there lovely people and welcome back to another episode of Let's Be Honest. Last time, or if you like in part one, we talked about how to save a life and we pretty quickly discovered that the answer is comedy, the sense of humour and having the ability to laugh at yourself. So then, let's crack on with it and find out the occasions when you may need this wonderful gift. Oh, and by the way, if I sound a bit croaky through this, it's because I got a bit of home food poisoning. Lost my voice for a week. Still, guess it was only a matter of time before the wife tried to do me in, eh? You're very welcome to Let's Be Honest. So then, when do we need to have this sometimes elusive sense of humour that we talked about in the first episode? Oh, and by the way, before we get into it, I do realise that many of these episodes can come across a little bit, you know, obvious. Well, if you think that way, then all that means that they are definitely for you. Probably. I can't say for definite, can I? That would be rude of me. Besides, why would I actually waste my time doing this, stating the obvious and looking like a right tit, if I didn't think it was important or needed in this world today? There you go. What were we talking about again? Oh yeah, when do we need to have this sense of (laughs) humour? Probably now listening to this, to be fair. Let's start with a bad day, which I know for a lot of you appears to be every day. Appears being the key word there. Again, as we talked about in part one, I, Mr Hospitality, had had a bad day because a customer didn't say please when asking for a drink. Boo fucking who? Toughen up, princess. Unless you actually are a princess, then don't toughen up because you're a princess. A doctor had somebody die on them. A soldier had some bad men with a funny accent shoot at them, for Christ's sake. But I was upset because somebody wasn't polite. Perspective is the word I think you're looking for here, wouldn't you say? So what could that bad day possibly look like? A customer is rude to you? Happens. But do you really give a shit? If you do give a shit in all its forms, ask yourself, why do you give a shit? I bet when you ask the question, the answer is not what you expected. Because once you take out the moral aspect and the fact that they had no right to be rude to you in the first place, who really gives a shit? I mean, look at that wanker that was rude to you. His knuckles scrape on the ground as he walks and breathes through his mouth. Alternatively, she, if she is a she is shouting you in such a tone that only dogs can hear. As my mum, who I know I quote a lot, used to say, think of what's said and then think of who said it. You end up giving less shits. My mum never swore, too much of a lady. Unlike her trashy potty mouth son, of course. It's like all those crazy times on the internet when you argue with some twat from a different country. Back and forth it goes. Then your wife comes in the room and says, what are you doing? And your reply is, I am trying to put this bloke right who lives in Boston. He's a fucking knob, he just doesn't get it. It's in that moment, without any words from her, just the slight lowering of the gaze that burns into your soul, that you feel like the biggest tit on the planet. Me? No, it didn't happen to me. It was my. It was a friend of mine, uh, John Johnson. So when the customer is rude to you, let it flow over you. I don't know, think of something. Uh, think of something funny like, I don't know, Hitler ice skating. That always works for me. Think of something like that and you'll be fine. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Did that last line offend you? You used to be an ice skater. I'm sorry. As I alluded to in other episodes, I used to work in the casino, the spiritual home of staff abuse and tosses. Just don't let it in. Jesus Christ, I got verbally abused so much in the casino that my ass was hurting. I never cared one bit, ever. Seriously, I never once got upset. What upset me was when the people I worked with were self-obsessed, backstabbing little tossers. <laughs> I've really got to let that shit go, haven't I? I guess that's a story for another day. As I always say, we're all in the same boat, and we should remember that. So with the customers, I looked at what was said. For example, you are a bald Welsh twat. 75% factual? Then I think, who said it? A degenerate gambler who's just done all their money. All ends up equaling zero shits given. Add in the Führer doing the triple axel, and we're laughing. Literally. Seriously. His landings were sublime. No offence to... <laughs> yeah, like I'm going there. So when that customer gives it to you, why, why not pick your own version of something that just gives you a little chuckle? I don't know, it could be Putin on the voice banging out It's Raining Men sitting in a bath of baked beans as he pours it all over his butch body. Oh, hang on, I think I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. I know you think this is a joke, which it sort of is. But at the same time, it really, really isn't. Okay, maybe a colleague is being horrible to you or bullying you. Fine, again, it happens. We don't like it, but it exists. As I'm sure we all know by now, what they are doing almost certainly is masking their own inadequacies with anger. For whatever reason, they chose anger over comedy. Nastiness over humour. Their choice. Fuck them. I mean, you could do the same. But I find comedy is so much more fun. It's extremely taxing being angry all the time. Still, the angry people will probably die before you anyway, so every cloud has a silver lining, I guess. Angry people are just like frightened little animals, always punching out. Again, possibly obvious to some of you. Another place where a sense of humour is helpful might be during a difficult altercation between customers that you as a staff member or manager have to deal with. To be honest, security guards could benefit from this episode greatly. If you have to defuse a situation being comical, warm or funny, it could help enormously. People tend to like funny people. It often puts them at ease. It can be quite disarming and also non-threatening. As the, uh, as the comedian Bill Burr says, the reason why he got into comedy, the reason why he was funny, was so that when he walked in a room, he was less likely to get punched. <laughs> I'll drink to that one, Bill. There you go. Ah, uh, yum. What are we drinking today? I think it's Fortezella. Fortezella. Hmm. Don't know why I said it in that silly accent. It's good, though. Maybe another reason to hold on to that sense of humour is the boss having one of those days. Why not look at them, we've talked about this before, as like a cartoon character, a cartoon villain. I mean, as it goes on, they always end up getting smaller and smaller. Look, I'm sure most of the time the boss doesn't mean it anyway, whatever it is. They've just got their own shit going on. This is an interesting one. How about this? Maybe your bad day is you, yourself, just doing something stupid and getting annoyed at it. But again, does it really matter? I know that nobody likes looking stupid. However, 
try and have the capacity to laugh at yourself. Having a laugh at your own expense can get you out of so many corners. And in my experience, the customers quite like it. A little self-deprecation can appear like you possess some humility. So how are your humility levels these days? Any good? A quality not that often found in many people these days, in my opinion. Besides, the customer has possibly had a shit day themselves. Do you ever, ever consider that as an option? We talk about this in another episode, so I won't get into it too much. But you, as a professional and not a robot, need to look in the customer's eyes and read the situation. Only if you care, of course. Is it possibly a lovely night out that the customer is having? Or were they drinking because their dog just took a dump in grandma's false teeth glass and they had to be put down? The dog, not grandma. Hey, you're the rock star, not me. Be a rock star. I put money on the fact that my definition is different to yours. Do you really think the customer wants to see an angry bartender or waiter? They've come out for a nice meal, or because of that dog thing. Maybe. Who knows? Not you, that's for sure. Example. I had this bartender a while ago. Nice enough lad. Loved making drinks, the history of drinks. He was that guy. Took himself just a little bit too seriously though. Probably a misunderstood rock star. Just as a side note, you do know that you can still be good at your job and possess some warmth at the same time. You don't always have to have that look and demeanour that suggests arrogance and tight pants. As mentioned, you can be good and have fun. So after the fifth or sixth time of him getting angry at himself in front of customers for making mistakes during his mixology moment, it was time for the chat. And he didn't like it one bit. He was a professional, you know. And he ended up not liking me at all. It didn't seem to matter what my history in the industry was, because it was all about him. I wish it didn't have to be that way. So it was time to go. Harsh? I don't give a fuck. I was there for the customer and not the staff member's fragile ego. You you may hear me say that several thousand times in the coming weeks and months. What upset me as well was I also witnessed him belittle a customer because they didn't really know their way around a martini once. Newsflash to all the bartenders. Who cares what you think? It's not the customer's job to know how to make a drink. It's yours. With class style, and humility, of course. Am I being harsh again? Maybe, but I do see a lot of bartenders and waiters belittle customers because they may mispronounce something or not know what a certain seemingly basic menu item is. You, as the hospitality person, don't need to get a win over the customer. It's not a competition, and it's certainly not their fault that you are working and they are not. So for me, having that sense of humour to see the funny side of things and laugh at yourself is one of the greatest tools to help you cope when all the shit is going down. And it will. Another phrase that my Dr Chum could and probably would prescribe to most people in any walk of life is laughter is the best medicine. It's an old one, but a good one. Do you think that's one of those duh, obvious statement moments? Again, maybe, maybe not. My medicine, for what it's worth, and if anybody is interested, 
I knew I'd get to it eventually, is, was, television. I didn't say it was mind-blowing, I just said it's what worked for me. And I consider me to be the same as you. That black reflective object that used to be found in the corner of your living room but is now found in your pocket? Perhaps it's a laptop. I don't know, maybe TV is still your thing. It's the thing they say you shouldn't watch before you go to bed. Or they are fucking well wrong, and they are clearly not in hospitality. I can't begin to imagine the issues that I would have had with myself without the box, as we used to call it. Sometimes, often, it's a vital piece of kit. Allow me to explain. I'm in hospitality, so I don't call it TV. I call it escapism. Now, as always, this may seem a ridiculously obvious thing to say to you, but my answer is, I like obvious. Sometimes things that are seemingly so obvious, you just end up taking them for granted. You, in hospitality, have just spent, shall we say, the last 12 hours supposedly making people happy, running around after them and bowing to their every whim. So what do you do? What do you do for you? I'm going to say it again just to be annoying. What do you do for you at the end of the day? Whatever time of the day that may be. I mean, yeah, alcohol is an answer and a very nice answer, I might add. However, only to a degree. Still. Agreed. Sometimes it is nice to have something cheeky just to take the sting out of the end of the day. You know, blow off a little steam, etc. Not forgetting that you were just blowing off steam, not building a bonfire in Chernobyl. Too soon? Too soon. Just go steady. Trust me, I've fucked that one up plenty of times over the years. It's a road, and potentially a very, very dangerous road to go down. I say this because when I used to co-own some venues in London, there was a big, big drinking culture after you'd finish your shift. And I mean big, like meeting the milkman on the way home big. To all the young people, uh, a milkman was a man that used to bring milk to your house if you asked him nicely. Sometimes he would even bring extra milk when your dad was at work. So, milk and extra cream aside, in the 15 years that I was involved in bars in London, if anything bad happened, and it did, it happened within those drinking hours after work, 100% of the time. Oh, the stories I could tell you would make you cry. So without going into the gory details, which I'm sure you might like me to do at this moment, it's not going to happen. Maybe another time. Maybe when we have a guest on and I can't avoid the answer. All I will say is pretty much every Friday and Saturday night after my shift was spent watching TV at home with a can of Fanta in one hand and chocolate down my shirt. Oh, I hope it was chocolate. Also, falling asleep face down in my egg mayonnaise sandwich which I'd brought from Raj in the 24-hour shop. Let me tell you, when you happen to be on first-name terms with the guy that works the graveyard shift in Mr. Patel's all-night mini-mart, then you know you're in fucking trouble. I love that kid. He used to always throw me in a bounty or a Turkish delight every night. Probably because nobody else wanted them. There was not one member of staff that didn't get burnt with that crazy drinking culture. I've also witnessed many, many people not come out the other end. As I said, it's a very dangerous road. You work hard, you unwind, 
you stay for one, you lose the ability to count, you end up with your face down, with egg up your nose. Oh, I really hope it was egg. I wasn't going to put this bit in because I do feel I'm quoting my late mum a little bit too much, but I think I only realise now how many little gems she did actually have up her sleeve. So I feel this is almost too important not to include. This episode is called How to Save a Life. Now, we were talking about the drinking culture. If you are young and listening to this, you're probably having fun. You get carried away sometimes. You may even feel a little bit of peer pressure to stay and drink and, you know, go out after work. I get it, totally. It's part of the landscape. Just try and always have this line in the back of your mind. Back in the day, I fucking hate that phrase, I was going hard, and I mean really hard. Bottle of tequila a day hard. I used to tell her everything, and I mean everything. She could also see that I was getting way out of control. As stated, you, as a young person, might say, hey, I'm just having some fun, you know, young, totally in control of it. (laughs) Yeah, famous last words, right? So in a calm voice, she just says, son, take the phone off the hook. London will still be there tomorrow. (sighs) Silence. Just like in part one, when I said that I've carried with me what my friend said. You know the line, if you can't laugh at yourself, then you're missing out on a lot of good jokes? Well, this line was right next to that line, in my wallet, and I've carried it around forever. And it's got me out of jail quite a few times as well. Still, I guess when you're right, you're right. I'm not going to explain exactly what she meant, as I reckon you can figure it all out. Oh, and if any of you say, well, we don't have house phones anymore, how can we take it off the hook? I will reply that you're an idiot. For the record, do you know, I suspect you do, the kind of person that goes home early, doesn't stay for a drink, that shows restraint, self-awareness? The next boss, that's who. Anyways, all that drinking culture thing was then, and this is now. Stop me if that's too much of a profound statement. These days, with restrictions, certainly in Australia, the after-shift, late-night drink thing is not quite the deal it used to be anyway. So what worked for me, and I think on reflection saved my life many, many times, was this. Escape. Escape right into that TV screen. This, for me, is what TV does. For a start, it doesn't ask you for anything. Unlike a customer, it doesn't demand, and it doesn't shout. You can turn it down, you can turn it off. It also entertains you, because you've been entertaining all day. This is for you. You need to equal things out. You've had those fucking clown shoes on all day, and your feet are killing you. Give, give, give. You need a little take. At the end of the day, I mean literally at the end of the day. Sometimes, how much is left of you? Is there any of you left? Sometimes, this is when the dark clouds can form, and you need to look out for them. And that's really no joke. I don't mean to be morbid, but these things have to be taken seriously. What got me through was watching, I don't know, MASH, Cheers, Only Fools and Horses, Blackadder, Alan Partridge, anything by Mel Brooks. 
basically anything comedic that I could get my hands on. Whatever entertained, worked. To be honest, even movies, especially the ones that I'd seen a thousand times, Bond, Jurassic, Con Air, Die Hard, all the Indiana films. Why? Well, for a start with comedies, it's kind of hard to stay pissed off when you are smiling or laughing. Try it. It's fucking impossible. You tend to forget why you were pissed off in the first place. All the other movies, they were just comfortable slippers. I may end up mentioning this in other episodes. Why? Again, it saved my life, which I guess is fairly important. People used to think that I was absolute nuts, saying, but you've watched Blackadder a hundred times, mate. What can you still possibly laugh at? Well, all of it for a start, but the answer was comfort. It was like a, a comedy protection blanket. I know that sounds tossy, but it's true. Why watch Cheers? To restore my faith in the industry after a tough day. And it worked. Also, the good thing about watching something a hundred or five hundred times is it's not challenging. Nobody needs to be challenged. Not at two fucking a.m. I'm aware two fucking a.m. is not an official time, but it is if you're in hospitality. Then after all of that, after that long day, watching a bit of TV, you get to come back and fight another day recharged with some comedy and restored faith under your belt. Because at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure that what happened yesterday is not that important. Not in the scale of things, anyway. You can either go to bed pissed off or, well, not pissed off. Yeah, how wise was that? Am I right? You are so not wrong. Having too much fun again. It's the tequila. However your day was, it's always good to finish with a happy ending. (laughs) I tried so hard to get that out without laughing. TV, egg sandwich in one hand, and it's a lifestyle decision anyway. That's another thing. Try and never take it home. I appreciate it's very hard sometimes. (laughs) I said hard. But that's precisely the time that you have to laugh at yourself and the day that's gone. That's the thing. It's gone. There's fuck all you can do about it now. Some picky people, at this point, will say, Ooh, you shouldn't eat before you go to bed. Shut the fuck up. You are in hospitality, running around for 12 hours a day. I think losing weight is the least of your problems at this point of the evening. Wouldn't you say? I mean... At the end of the day, for a lot of people, often it's either food or drugs. Pick one. Hmm, I think I just lost 60% of you, didn't I? (laughs) As mentioned, comedy has always played a hugely important role in my life. Especially at work, to be honest. Call it a comedy mask that I wear every day, if you like. I bet quite a few of you out there have got that mask as well, huh? So for now, let's, let's take a little break from how much you need comedy... And let's talk about the customers for a minute or two. After all, they are a big part of our day and sometimes the creator of many of our problems. Now, this piece, of course, is called How to Save a Life, really meaning your own. But like any hero that's worth anything, once you've saved your own, 
it only seems fair to save somebody else's life, wouldn't you say? I mean, you would never see Superman save Lois from a burning building and then go, well, fuck it, that's me done for the day, look at time. Besides, these undies aren't going to wash themselves, lass. By the way, Superman was from up north in England, if you if you didn't know. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I talk about this in the forthcoming episode, Make Somebody Happy. But all I'd like to say is the power and influence of a bar owner, manager, waiter, barista, hotel receptionist is way stronger than you could ever imagine. It really, really is. What's that old, um, what's that old theatre adage? Make them laugh? There was actually a song written called Make Em Laugh for the movie Singing in the Rain in, uh, in the 50s starring Gene Kelly. YouTube it. It's an amazing scene. I know. It's shocking. People were laughing all those years ago. So, make them laugh. As we established earlier, customers come to you because they're having a good day. Make their day better. They're already happy. They, in that moment, are the perfect audience. They would probably even laugh at a Shakespeare comedy. And that shit ain't funny at all. They are also coming to you because they've had a shitty day. You have the power, my friends, right there to turn it around and save a life. The same goes for your colleagues at work. Make them laugh. People want to be around people that are funny, that make them smile. Revolutionary stuff again, right? To conclude... Comedy, clearly, is the answer. And having the capacity to laugh at yourself is a pretty good place to start. Remember the test from uh, part one? Take that test. Your day will be better and everybody else's day around you will also be better. You will cope with the boss, the customer and the shitty colleague far easier. To laugh is good for the soul. As 100% of self-help and gym-style videos will tell you, when you don't want or feel like doing something, that is precisely the time to do it. That's also the time that you will feel the benefit more. After all, it's easy to work hard when you're busy. It's easy to laugh when something is funny and going well. However, it's not easy to work hard when it's quiet. And it's extremely hard to laugh when your day is not going as planned. You, my lovely friends, write your own script every single day. See, I can be positive when I want to be. So if you have any thoughts on the episodes or if you want to talk to me about something that you feel strongly about, just jump on our very friendly and non-offensive Facebook page, Let's Be Honest with Wise Oldman. Or if privacy is your bag, email chat at wiseoldman.club. Also, not forgetting, if you can leave a review wherever you feel like leaving a review, proclaiming your undying love for me, that would be very much appreciated. Until next time, it's okay to laugh at people. Just make sure that you can laugh at yourself as well. Catch you next time.